think it can happen to you. In a hit and run chase in California, a motorcycle rider witnessing a driver slam into several cars and then speeding away. It can happen to you within seconds, a blink of an eye. Tonight about the man suspected of killing a woman in a hit and run and his plan to evade justice. When you take your eyes off the road for just seconds, when you're driving your car, oh, yes, it can happen to you. See, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When the sands of time will run out within your hourglass. New at 10, a hit and run caught on video, and now a teenager and his family are looking for the driver who took off. He was a victim of a distracted driver hitting the road while riding his motorcycle going 65 miles per hour. He nearly lost his life. Now on a crusade to help save lives and prevent someone else from becoming a victim, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com and now the host of this podcast, it's Howard Drescher. All right, welcome. Welcome to another show of DistractedDriversBusted.com, the podcast show. I am your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com, and of course, now this podcast show. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at DistractedDBTV, at DistractedDBTV. Of course, Facebook is DistractedDB. And I can tell you my website is www.distracteddb.com. At this point in time, I do not know how much longer my website will be up and running. I've been having some issues with it. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to post this show on there until I figure out what I'm going to do. Majority of the thing is that I'm thinking about uh, ending my website. Only for the simple fact that I've been tracking for the last six, seven months. The foot track, the foot traffic, if you will, how many people visit my website, it has dropped down quite a bit. But as far as my uh, podcast show, people have been going to iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, now Google Podcasts. That is up. So that tells me maybe I should just end my podcast or my website. I should end that and not put my information on the website anymore. Plus, it's a little bit harder for me to keep up. Uh, Lately, I've been awfully busy. So really, that's on my end, even though I post photos on there. Uh, I've been having some issues with that. So I will uh, figure out in the next couple of days on what I really want to do, whether or not I want to keep my website going. But as far as my podcast, all that stuff, that will remain. And again, you can get the shows on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Google Podcasts. Just type in the keyword distracted DB. All right. So today's show is a very special show. To me, these are the hardest shows I have to do. If I'm just talking about a topic and I'm playing some audio from a TV station, yeah, uh, I don't really get too emotionally involved in those stories, even though I kind of dwell a little bit on them, especially when they're dealing with somebody who lost their lives. But when I interview a guest, when I interview a guest and they lost a child, to me, those are the hardest shows to do. And um, Katie, who um, booked this guest, and I appreciate what she's done, and she's aware of it too, uh, these are the hardest ones to deal with because it's so emotionally traumatizing. So today, my special guest 
Tammy Harbison. She lost a child. And quite honestly, to tell you the truth, it is so, so disturbing on what happened. But this lady seems to be one of the most incredible woman or women that I have met, at least over the phone. We'll be back with our special guest right after this. You're listening to the DistractedDrivers.com podcast. We'll be right back. Honey, are you ready to go to the party? We're late. Uh, what? Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'll be ready in five minutes, babe. Really? Can you get off the phone? I'm already ready. We're going to be late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'm almost done. Uh, we'll, let's go. Come on. Okay, honey. Let's go. Can you be ready next time? I feel like I'm always ragging on you to get ready for these types of parties. Yeah. Isn't the man supposed to be waiting on the lady yeah, anyway? I'm, I'm sorry, babe. I, I know I say this all the time, but I, I promise. Next time, I really, 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 really promise next time I'll be ready and I'll be ready to go by the time you get home. Gosh. Uh, oh, uh, let me see who that is. I'm waiting to see if my friend is actually going to be at this no. party. No! Leave your phone alone. You know that scared me last time. You nearly hit someone walking in a crosswalk. What? No, you're crazy. Look, what? I told you don't tell me what to do. I got this. Stop the car! Stop it now. I... I just can't be with someone who doesn't care about my life, not to mention their own. Babe, wait, wait, come back. Uh, this, this isn't happening, is it? Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Now, back to the DistractedDrivers.com podcast. All right, welcome back to DistractedDriversBusted.com podcast show. Again, I'm your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com, and, of course, now this podcast show. You can follow me on Twitter at DistractedDBTV, at DistractedDBTV, and, of course, on Facebook, DistractedDB, and my website is www.DistractedDB.com. And, of course, you can get the shows there. You can get all the new photos that I posted on my events page, and, of course, you can still get the show on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and now Google Podcast. Just type in the word Distracted DB, and that's very simple. All my shows are there. Okay, so I've always believed this, and it's 
true today. And it's true from the day that my mom told me a long, long time ago. No parent should ever, ever bury a child. Not in any way, shape, or form. And I, and I honestly believe that. Uh, so today I have Tammy Harbison with me. And in 2016, her life was turned upside down, inside out. And it's a very tragic story, as in each and every one of these stories that I do. These, to me, are the hardest stories to talk about. These are the hardest interviews that I have to do. But they have to be done. We have to get the message across. And it's strong-willed parents, kind of like Tammy right here. And with them spreading the word, eventually it's going to get out there. Sooner or later, it's going to get out there. But more voices need to be heard. More voices need to be taken care of. Tammy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? All right. So as I mentioned, and you probably already heard, as my mom told me when I was a young child, no parent should ever bury a child. And I believe that's true. I do agree that's true. And unfortunately, you had to. You had to bury a, I did. You had to bury your daughter. It happened back in 2016. Can you tell me what happened? I was um, actually driving at the moment. And I was on my way back from, my mother was in the hospital at the time getting um, treatments for cancer. And I was on my way back to her house to get a few things for her when my phone rang. And I pulled over and it was um, a phone call that I will forever dread. And it was um, a person on the other line telling me that my daughter had been hit by a car and that things didn't look good, and that I needed to get to the hospital as soon as possible. And my, 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 I, I just, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know how serious. I just knew that it was really bad to get there. So I immediately um, went, oh, my God. I mean, there was lots of emotions. I did a U-turn in the road, and I had it. I didn't even finish going to my mom's house. I, I went straight back to the hospital where I just left. Mm -hmm. And I ran in, and I met up with um, my daughter's dad and his girlfriend and a couple of the doctors and a police officer. Apparently, Brittany was on Forest Avenue. She was a law student there at USM, mm -hmm. and she was crossing the road to go towards the other side where Hannaford was, and she was midway almost to the median when um, six cars were coming. All six cars were stopped at the light at the current time when my daughter started crossing the street. Right. The light turned green. The cars started coming. And this is all from what I've heard from the police footage and everything else in the, in the camera that was caught on dash cam from a police officer's car three cars back when she got hit. She was almost to the median, and five of the cars stopped, except for one. And it was the one car, it was a caravan that apparently couldn't see Brittany, um, said that they couldn't see Brittany. And her body was hit by the side panel of the van, which there and Cal brought her up face first into the passenger side windshield of the caravan and it bounced her back off into the road oh. um 
when the medics arrived, she was pretty well lifeless. Um, her oxygen, according to the EMT reports, was very shallow. And at that point, I didn't know. But according to the doctor, she had broken her brain stem um, oh. at the very top. Mm-hmm. And so she was put into ICU. They did an emergency surgery prior to that to take her front skull piece of her forehead. They took her forehead basically out of her head. So that way they could try and alleviate some Mm -hmm. of the swelling and the bleeding that was happening in my daughter's brain. We were not successful with that. There was MRIs done. There was repeated tests. There was lots of machines, lots lots of noises, and my daughter lie lifeless. Um, with a breathing tube down her throat in ICU from mm-hmm. November 1st until November 9th. Mm-hmm. And November 9th was the day that we had to say goodbye and remove life support from Brittany because the doctors and the team had told us that there was never going to be any quality of life for Brittany. She would never be able to be taught to talk or walk or learn or feed herself or do anything. She would just, if we decided to keep her alive, she would be moved to a skilled nursing facility where she would stay on machines, breathing uh, machines, a stomach tube in her stomach to feed her. And if you knew my daughter, that's not the way she would have wanted to live. Um, Brittany was very full of life, um, very vibrant very smart, very kind, passionate human being. So it was the hardest decision of my life, and we we had to let her go. And I remember sitting at the bedside with Brittany that day, mm-hmm. and I prayed, and I prayed just for something just to change what was about to happen. And I held her hand, and the doctors asked me, would you like to leave as we remove the machines? I said, no. I said, go ahead and you do what you have to do, and I'm going to stay right here, and I'm going to hold my daughter's hand through it all. And as they just they removed the machines, I sat there with my head down in Brittany's hand, crying and sobbing and praying and telling her I loved her and all kinds of emotions. And the tubes came out, mm-hmm. and she gave her last two breaths, and she was gone. And I was gone. A piece of me died with her mm-hmm. that, that instant, that second. And it was the hardest moment a mother ever, ever has to go through to sit there and make a decision to let a child go that she gave birth to and brought into this world. And then you have to make a decision to let her go, him go, and... I, as a mother, a grieving mother forever always, would never wish that upon anybody. It is a pain like no other, and it is a pain that never goes away. It is with you day after day, night after night, and you just, you wish and pray that it's just a dream. This isn't true. This isn't happening. And... And then you wake up and you realize that it isn't a dream. This is true, that she's not coming back. So after we had to let her go, it was November 9th, 
see vaguely mm-hmm. in my mind. I remember that we were told that the wake was going to be happening in a few days, um, then the burial and all that. I was not, I was not framed with my mind. I was not with it. I, right. I, I was not in any way, shape, or form able to make any decisions at that time because mm-hmm. I was grieving very, very hard to where I didn't even know if I if I wanted to continue being in this world anymore. I was just a mess, a, a, mm-hmm. a complete mess. And so it came that a wake came. I was I was carried to that. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult right. for me to go to that. And then the funeral came. And I, I, um, I, I could not watch my daughter be buried. I was um, not going to see her going to the ground. So I chose not to do that. I chose that it would be in my best interest for my family and I not to watch her be buried. So I chose not to. Then her birthday came a couple of days later. Because um, her birthday is November 15th. She died when she was 23. She would have been 24 years old six days later. And we didn't, we didn't get that. We didn't, we didn't have that. So my world was a mess. And in the meantime, as I've said, my mom was still in the hospital when this all happened. Was she aware? Was, you, was your mother aware of wh- what happened? My mother was told by me and by the family that her granddaughter had been hit. And my mother chose to not want to go down. She was offered to go down to the ICU unit from the fifth floor. She was on the fifth floor, and my daughter was on the first floor. And she was offered to come down and say goodbye to Brittany. Mm -hmm. And my mother chose to want to remember Brittany the way she remembered Brittany. Right. She did not want to go out of this world because my mother had terminal cancer. Um, mm-hmm. My mother did not want to go out of this world seeing her granddaughter in ICU hooked up to a bunch of machines right. and and so forth. So that was her decision, and I had to respect it. Um, Understandable. Understandable, yeah. A, a few days later, um, my mother was in there for about 10 days herself. A few days later, my mother went home, and Brittany died November 9th. My mother ended up passing away January 7th. Um, so it was very close with with the both of them. Mm-hmm. And I remember clearly that when my mother was in hospice, my mother was in the hospice um, program for the last seven days of her life. And during that time, my mother had said to myself and my other daughter and her current uh, boyfriend at the time, Bill, that my daughter, Brittany, was down at the end of the bed tickling her feet. <laughs> And this was three days prior to my mother passing away. And then the very next day, my mother was unable to communicate anymore, and she was just in a, in a deep sleep from that point on. Mm-hmm. And I'd never forgotten that because I firmly believe in my heart that my mother diligently saw my daughter at the end of that bed, at the foot of that bed, mm-hmm. playing with her feet. And it just makes me have reassurance that she was there with her when she, when she passed. And she was there waiting for her when she got there. Mm. Um, and my mother and Brittany were very close in life. So as a daughter, 
and as her as Brittany's mother and and a daughter to my mother, um, it was comforting to know that they were together, even though I didn't want either one of them to be gone. Right. Um, yeah. But it was comforting to know that if they were going to be gone, then they were going to be together. And my mother said that to me in the hospital when I told her that Brittany had been hit by a car and the doctor said she wasn't going to make it. And I fought with my mother that time, and I said, no, Brittany is going to make it. Brittany's going to come out of this, and I'm going to bring her home, and everything's going to be okay. And my mother wrapped her arms around me, and she said, Tammy, dear, Brittany is going to heaven. I'm going to heaven soon, and that's all there is. That That's what's going to happen. And, and my mother was right, and it just, it's like a, a jagged sword going through your heart mm-hmm. to know that you have no choice. You have no control over what is happening. It's just, it is going to happen. And so now we're coming up on four years. Mm-hmm. Brittany will have been gone. November 9th will be four years. And then, as I've said, she got hit November 1st. So starting November 1st, mm-hmm. I will probably have a very difficult time until about November 16th. Hmm. because I have constant triggers and reminders during the whole first half of the month over everything. And it took me a very long time to come to grips and accept that she's gone and she's never coming back. Hmm. But that's why, during my grief, I decided to take my negativity mm-hmm. and turn it into positivity. Now, and, I, I, and I have done I, that. I, I wanted to get with you on that. You you did something. You're doing something that a lot of people probably wouldn't be able to do. I don't think I would be able to do it. But you did it for a reason. What did you do, and what was the reason? I I chose to take my negative attitude and my hatred and and all that and and try to put it towards a more positive, meaningful way. And so. I reached out to the person that hit my daughter. I asked if myself and my other daughter, Kiara, mm-hmm. could, could meet with him. And, of course, he had wanted to meet with me way, way back, way back when this first happened. And I was so mad and so angry that I did not want nothing to do with him. But as time went on and as I realized things, I decided it was time to forgive him. And so I met up with him with Kiara. We went in in town, Portland, and met with him at a coffee shop. And my knees were knocking. I was nervous, but I did it. And I said, I remember looking at him and I said, I need to, to ask you why and how did you One, why did you hit her? And two, how did you not see her? Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember just staring at him and just watching every little thing he did, every little thing he said. And then I told him, I said, well, I need to do something and I need to forgive you. I said, I cannot carry on this hatred. My daughter wouldn't want me to carry around this hatred. And I need to forgive you. I will never forget, but I forgive you for what you chose to do that day that took and ultimately ended my daughter's life. Mm -hmm. And the look upon his face was 
like stunned. He couldn't believe it. I don't think he was expecting it, but it was something that needed to be done. That's what God says. God says to forgive. And it's a good feeling knowing now that I can pick up my phone at any time and reach out to him mm-hmm. and and speak with him. And he follows my pages. He likes the pictures that I post. Um, he's involved, and mm-hmm. it shows gratitude from him and that he is deeply sorry. He never meant to do what he did. And so I think it speaks loudly that I can stand up here today and say that I forgive the driver that took my daughter's life. And I know that's not easy for most, and it wasn't easy for me, but it's something that had to be done for the best of everybody. How much time did you have to think? How much time did you take to think about whether or not you were going to forgive him or not? Three years. Three years? Yeah. You thought about it for three years, right? Almost three years, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it took me almost three years to ultimately forgive him. Yes, the very first day that it happened, they sent flowers to the hospital, and I threw them away. I didn't want no part of them. But the nurse, I remember her bringing them up, mm-hmm. and they were from him and his passenger. I remember just throwing them away. I wanted nothing to do with it. But from the day one, he tried, and I, and I wanted nothing to do with him at all. I had very, very bad negative thoughts about him. Mm-hmm. And I regret um, some of the things I had said. I regret the fact that, you know, I was angry. I was angry at God. I said some horrible, horrible things that um, any human being, any mother would probably do the same in my shoes. But again, I've asked for my own forgiveness from from God for the hurtful things and stuff that I said losing Brittany but as I've said I forgive him and I mean it with all my heart that there's no there's no win-win for anybody mm-hmm. if you carry around hatred and um, and not try to understand and have I guess that that glimmer of hope mm-hmm. that there are good people out there and sometimes good people make mistakes but they they shouldn't be um, deemed evil for the rest of their lives. Right. You know what I mean? It just shouldn't be that way. We're all God's children. And yes, it's a, it's a great tragedy that my daughter's not here. Do I wish I could just reach up and take her from heaven and bring her down here? Absolutely. I I, I pray all the time that if I could just get her back here. Um, but I can't. And so I started my business up in mm-hmm. honor of her, the white butterfly with a cause, because right. After I lost her, white butterflies started following me around, and it's never stopped. It still happens to this day. Every summer when the butterflies come out, I have white butterflies around me. Everywhere I go, there's white butterflies and dragonflies. And so we, my my lawyer at the time, um, a lady that worked there, gave me and my family the idea of the white butterfly and so that's where it arose and that's where it stayed and I stuck with it and finally January of this year I opened up the white butterfly with a cause Mm -hmm. which is not just a for-profit business Um, it is a low-cost for-profit business that tries to give back to the community 
and also advocate for ending distracted driving because, in my opinion, there should be zero percent distracted driving in America. There should be none. Zero percent tolerance, none. We have to have our our Congress and legislature and all that change them. So that's where we're at today. All right. Now, have you reached out to, like, anybody in the Senate or the Congress or the local people within your own area to try to get something on the ballot to get, you know, in the election time, get something changed, get get more and, you know, stricter laws? I have. I had done that um, back from a, a few years back. I had reached out, and I still reach out. I talked to um, Senator Angus King. Mm-hmm. I reach out to Susan Collins. Now we have a new one, Sarah Gideon. Um I've reached out to my local mayor uh, down here in Biddeford mm-hmm. to see if we could do some things down here. I've reached out to the uh, public works, um, lots of different things. I'm I'm strong with advocating. I just mm-hmm. it's hard when you're just one person and you try to change the whole entire world and nobody will listen. Exactly. But <laughs> you just got to keep fighting. You just got to keep standing up and, and advocating. And, and sooner or later, it's gonna it's gonna happen. You just can't give up. I agree. All right, you're listening to DistractedDriversBusted.com podcast show again. I'm your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com, and, of course, now this podcast show. My special guest today is Tammy Harvison. She lost her daughter about four years ago in November. She did something so, so brave, honest, I guess, to say she had to clear the anger within her, so she went ahead and forgave the guy who killed her daughter now could everybody do this i don't know honestly to tell you the truth i don't know if i could but there was a reason why she did it she had to get rid of the anger because god says look forgiveness is there she said she forgive the, she would forgive the guy but she will not forget i don't know if i could do that tammy let me ask you this because yes how can people help you out People can help me out by going to the White Butterfly with a Cause, checking my pages out, advocating for ending distracted driving. Put the phones down. Stop eating. Stop Mm -hmm. putting your makeup on. Stop doing any of those distractions while you're driving. Just drive. Save a life. Don't take them. How does people follow? How How does people follow you on social media? Well, I have, you can go to Facebook and um, you can go to the White Butterfly with a cause, uh, punch in that and it'll lead you right to my page. You can mm-hmm. also punch in hold, uh, the dis- hold distracted drivers accountable on Facebook and you'll get to my page. And once you get to them, you'll see other links to go to my website. You'll see that I'm all over Twitter. I just, it's daily, every day I'm on there. I'm involved in a lot of other groups mm-hmm. um, to advocate as well. Um, I just, I strongly just encourage everybody to check it out and see what I'm about and support me, support the world, support all of our lost loved ones here that have lost their lives to distracted driving and and deserve to be here but aren't. And never forget them. Never forget them. All right, Tammy, I want to thank you for being with me today. Um, and thank if you. there's any way that we can help you out here at DistractedDriversBusted.com, reach back out to me and we'll get in touch. We'll, we'll do something. We'll, we'll have you on again 
okay. in the future. I want to thank, thank Tammy you for so much. No worries, Tammy. Thank you for being with us. All right, again, you're listening to DistractedDriversBusted.com podcast show. Again, your host, Howard Drescher, the creator of DistractedDriversBusted.com. Until next week, use your car for what it's intended. Don't eat in it. Don't drink in it. But don't drink and drive. Put your cell phone in the glove box. I don't want to die today. Do you? Until next week, remember, don't let anyone take the sands of time within your own hourglass. Until next week. Be safe.